Well, hello and welcome to the Practical Worship Podcast. I'm Dave Dolphin, and this is a show designed to help you lead a worship band and be a leader of people. And we usually release a new episode on the first Friday of every month, but this isn't Friday. This episode's a little bit time sensitive. And so what you're listening to now is the April episode delivered three days early. So if you haven't already, consider subscribing on whatever app you're using to listen to your podcast on, and you'll never miss another one. Thanks for checking us out. This is episode 25, and this time we're going to try something different. Instead of just one guest, we actually have two guests. And this conversation is like a roundtable discussion about producing worship services online and cultivating that sense of community in a time where nearly all of us have these stay-at-home orders and groups of 10 or more can't gather in large groups. So I reached out to a couple of friends of mine. Brent McDonald is the worship pastor at a church in the Austin, Texas area. And Rylan Russell is the worship and media arts pastor at a church in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. And just to give you a frame of reference, the church that Brett serves at typically sees around 700 on a Sunday. Ryland's church typically sees around 450, although they've been without a senior pastor until just last Sunday. And so the last couple of months, they've seen an average attendance of around 250 or so. And then the church that I serve at typically has 350 in the room on a Sunday. So when I say ideas, tips, and practical advice for the everyday worship leader, I feel like these guys are the very definition of the everyday worship leader. And we just spent an hour on a Zoom call last Sunday evening and talked through what we've been doing as we've been producing worship services for online for our own churches, what's working, what's not, and how we can rethink everything in terms of leveraging online video and social media. And then, of course, there's this little thing called Easter that's supposed to happen in the next few weeks. So, We're just like you. We're trying to navigate this brand new world of digital worship services. And I think this will be a helpful conversation as we learn from each other and try to serve our churches the best way possible. But before I share that conversation with you, I want to tell you about a unique opportunity of something that you can include in an upcoming online service, or maybe even your Easter service. There's a friend of mine named Dylan Chase. He's the guy that raps on that Switch Song Symphony that you heard on the radio all last year. Well, he has created two spoken word videos that you can include as a part of your own services online. Here's a little taste of one of them. When God sifted Grains of dirt between the infinite span of his fingers DNA carried through the fragrance of his breath He formed man to need the lamb, the redeemer This man was Adam Image of God contained in a human frame Like a canvas that didn't need answers Cause every day he glances and sees God strolling through the garden Did Adam dream? I doubt it He didn't need to He lived, breathed, existed in perpetual perfection. Who knew he would be evicted into evil because the evil he intended. See, we lost that dream ages ago. And what you can't see is the visuals that go along with it. But both of these videos are really well done. And he's offering them on this 
pay-what-you-can model. There's a suggested donation that he is asking for, and he is a full-time musician and artist who's seen a lot of his revenue disappear with gigs and concerts canceling left and right. But even more so, he just wants to serve the local church. So if you're looking for a unique, high-quality video that you can include in your Easter service or any upcoming service, really, go to dylanchasemusic.com and then tap on the Spoken Word Videos page. I'll also put that link in the show notes page at practicalworshipblog.com slash podcast 25. And now put on your face masks and wash your hands because this is my roundtable panel discussion with Brett McDonald and Rylan Russell. Brett and Ryland, welcome to the show. Man, this is great. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. This, I think, will be interesting. We, I've never really done a panel like this before, but I don't think any of us have done a lot of the things that we have done in the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, I just thought it would be nice to... Uh, you both are people that uh, I connect with on, on social media and Facebook groups and, and things like that, and names that I've seen over and over to the point that I'm like, hey, I need to meet that guy. And so, you know, Brett, you serve at a church in Round Rock, Texas, which is in the Austin, Texas area. And then Ryland is at Owasso, which is in the Tulsa area in Oklahoma. And both of you consequently serve at a church called Central Baptist. So I'm not sure what that means. Uh, I didn't do that intentionally, but we definitely have some huge representation from the Central Baptist community. Amen. Yeah, it's almost as generic as First Baptist. That's right. Yeah, you do what you got to do. I wanted to have a discussion just, you know, we've got two or three weeks under our belts of doing this online church and and everything else. And I've watched what your churches have been doing, and I don't think anyone has this figured out, but I've seen things that I like that I think might be helpful to everyone else that's listening, because we're all trying to figure this out. So first off, are you starting to feel like there's a, a little bit of a rhythm to what you're doing that you're starting to kind of get some legs underneath this thing? Or are you still feeling, even this moment, just as maybe nervous and panicky as you did the very first moment that you realized, oh my goodness, we have to, we can't meet, we have to bring all of this online? Man, it's March. And so I, I feel like it's March madness, survive in advance. You just make it through a week and it, did it work or not? what do we got to do to win next week? I, I don't, I don't ever feel panicky, but I do feel a little bit of pressure. Every time we're about to go live on that Facebook premiere thing, my hands start sweating and I start getting nervous, but we're, we're just taking it kind of week by week. That, how about, how about that for a sports? Uh, we're just going to watch a lot of film. We're going to go out there. We're going to play our best. We're going to play hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We're just working on the fundamentals over here. Um, <laughs> I was never panicked because we, I don't know, we do so much live stream stuff already, but I was kind of excited to try all this new stuff and the opportunities it's going to give us to do church a little differently and have flexibility and like, you know, so I don't know. It's uh we learn new things every week and, you know, we'll try different stuff as we go. So that's kind of how I approach it. I, I would tell people that this was equal parts frustrating and exciting 
The frustrating part was everything that you have built up to this point kind of had to be put on a shelf. There's not a lot of carryover. When you do an event where everyone comes in the room versus now you're producing something that people are going to watch in their homes, like you had to start from scratch on so many things. And so that part's frustrating. And there's things that you have built and teams and, you know, we're all looking towards Easter and we had ideas. And so to put that on the shelf is frustrating. But at the same time, the excitement of like, okay, we can do this in a completely different way. Here's a great example for for us. So video, we don't have a great way to do video elements. We still have like standard three by four screens uh, in our auditorium. And they're really, really, they're not bright. And so Anything that is like video based just doesn't translate well in our room. But now that the entire service is video based from start to finish, that opens up a whole new possibility of of ideas. And so that was exciting to me. Yeah. What we're really learning in this process is we're doing a whole lot of things and kind of thinking, why weren't we doing this before? Like, give me an example. Well, I mean, not saying that we would do it the exact same way or to the extent that we're doing it, but... An example would be we started out the first week doing kind of daily devotionals, and then we went to four devotionals last week, and then this week we're only going to do two. But why couldn't we do that once a week? We're a pastor, and this week we're not even going to use pastors. We're going to use one of our uh, kids' ministry associates. She's going to get a chance to go, and then another one's not even on staff. He's just a church member. Um, who's going to give a devotional. Why couldn't we do that once a week going forward? We're way more present online where the people are already. Why were we not doing that before? And why can't we do that going forward? Rylan, are you noticing that too in Owasso? Yeah. So we're doing more um, social media, interactive things, trying to keep the community element of our church, because that's what we, that's what we lose, right? Because we can't gather together So they can go online and watch a million sermons from better preachers than, um, well, I take that back. Our brand new pastor is one of the best communicators I've ever seen. (laughs) But, you know, they can go on Right Now Media or any YouTube place and and watch somebody give a great sermon, hear better bands doing better worship. But the community is what we need to keep going. So we're trying to find unique ways to do that, whether that's doing interactive Facebook Lives with different ministers or producing children's content for parents to do with their kids uh, to really um, encourage them to be discipling their kids as they have this time at home. So, but yeah, we're just trying anything and everything really. One of the things that about our churches are very social. Um, they usually miss the first half of song every week because they're talking to each other. And then we do a meet and greet and they miss the next half of the next song because they're talking to each other. And so what we've been really trying to do is we've been leaning hard on the idea of we're better together. And that's one of our little catchphrases that we like to use. So we start our Facebook premiere 15 minutes early and it's kind of like a virtual lobby. And people start checking in 15 minutes early and people are talking back and forth and um, we're greeting them and and teasing them a little bit and just having a good time talking and then talking throughout the service. Um, Isn't that weird? I mean, we're actually encouraging our people to talk during service and it's great. Well, this week we discouraged that during the sermon. We, somebody last week on our, on our, our little feed there, they said, it feels like we're passing notes during the sermon. And so this week our, in our welcome, we told them, hey, feel free to chat during the sermon. Let's really dive in and let's pay attention and not spend so much time in the comments. And it just, 
during the sermon, it was silent. Nobody said anything. There was a couple amens and that was about it. So Yeah, I'm noticing that with um, just that comment section and having that sense of community, I've noticed that even just like um, like this morning, just when everything went live and you start seeing names that you recognize, you're like, oh, I haven't seen that person. And I, and you know, it's so good to see you. I, my son actually had the idea of actually having a greeting time in the service, like the actual pre-recorded service and let a minute or so go by where people can just get in the comments and say hi to everyone. And, you know, we've, we've kind of done like, like we'll do a welcome on the front of it where we'll say something like, Hey, what did you have for breakfast? But then the comments and kind of get, you know, the chat room kind of going a little bit that way, but actually having like a minute or a minute and a half like where it's just art with a, a countdown in the video where you just talk to everyone that's, you know, hanging out in that, in that comment section and really build into that sense of community. Yeah, something that we've been trying to, or I've been trying to get us to do for a long time was to have an actual online host pastor that was monitoring the feed and chatting with people as the church. We just don't have enough manpower to do that on a Sunday. We need to have a layperson or somebody assigned to that. But this has allowed us, forced us to really engage in that. And I think that's something that going forward, we're going to be able to carry forward um, as we hopefully get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever go back to the way we were. We set up a the last we've only done this two Sundays, but we set up like a war room um, in the conference room and four of us pastors, we sit around the table and one of us has the audio going, but everybody else is kind of watching their screens and we're kind of commenting back and forth. One person's operating as the church. The other three of us are operating as ourselves and just kind of commenting back and forth. And we, we can have a conversation like last week, our asked for prayer requests at the end and they started coming one after another. And we were able to, to look at each other and say, Jared, grab that one. That's a youth. You grab that one. And I'll take this one. And Ooh, a Facebook message just came in. Why don't you handle that one? And it was, it was nice to have other people looking at each other and kind of sending and pointing people different ways. Um, Brett, have you noticed like when you're doing that, are these, when the, like the prayer requests were coming in, were those names that you recognize or were they people that you didn't recognize that were maybe new to the church? No, no new people sending in prayer requests. Um, it was all, it was all people, but it was good because they weren't just those prayer requests. Oh, pray for world peace. But it was, um, my daughter has had a fever for three days and I'm a little concerned. Right. You know, it was those kind of, and it, you know, private message and these kind of things. There were, there were legit prayer requests. There's a guy who runs a ministry around here for, for, uh, kids without fathers. And he said, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Cause he has like a center where they all come. Well, now, now they're not allowed to travel. We're not allowed to go anywhere. And so he's what he, how to please pray for me that I can figure out how to do this ministry under these new circumstances. I mean, those are legit prayer requests that we were able to in that moment say, here's what I prayed for you and type it out. Here's what I prayed for you. Um, at, you know, that's the altar call just virtually. That's pretty awesome. How have your services, how have you approached as you have been, because all of us seem to have taken the approach of doing a pre-recorded service and then launching that as a premiere versus doing, you know, a, an actual live there in the building. We're, we're trying to make our service uh, a couple of things. We're trying to make it short. I, I'm not everybody's different. I can't say what works for every church, but for our church, I'm not so sure that people would would watch for an hour and a half. Um, so we, we don't have, we don't want dead air. You can have dead air 
a little bit when you have people in the room watching you, but on video, it's weird. You can't have that. That what this allows us to do is get, have a lot of control over time. We know how long the songs are going to be. We know how long the sermon is going to be. We can really, we can cut out little things here and there and make it go quickly. What we're really trying to create is we're trying to create the best that we can, a worshipful experience for our people. Uh, we, we got one camera angle, not because we can't do more, but we're choosing not to do more. We had the benefit of, of watching. We, we started a week after everybody around here. Everybody around here canceled church and we still had it. Um, so that gave us a week to watch everybody else's stream and decide what's going to work for us and what's not going to work. And so uh, a lot of the people we were watching were doing the the camera, different camera angles and zooming in on the, the lead guitar player and then cutting away to the drums and those kind of things. I don't what we wanted to do, we just wanted to give people an image to watch people worshiping and then you engage with the song in the way that you engage with the song rather than um, kind of this music video look. That works with, with our deal. And, and I think that has worked well, but we're in, we're in survive and advance mode. And so just because it works for two weeks doesn't mean it's going to work next week. And just because something has worked for three or four weeks doesn't mean we have to do it again that way. Um, so, uh, I guess I'm saying I reserve the right to change my mind, but that's kind of the direction that we're we're going right now with the music side of things. Ryland, what is how is your service like when you guys are putting that together? How are you approaching what a online service looks like for you versus what you would normally put together for a live event that would be in a room? Yeah, so we also chosen to go with the premiere and uploading a file of the finished edited service ahead of time mainly because with things being so mission critical, this is our one chance for people to interact with us in an online service. We didn't, you know, we don't want to risk it. So it's uploaded to Facebook. It's uploaded to YouTube. It's on the front page of our website. And the way we're structuring the service is we have actually not even met together as a worship team once since this all happened. I have used pre-recorded music videos, basically, that I've put out of us doing different songs uh, the first week to build the worship set and um, added, you know, lower thirds to those. And then this last week, we actually had a night of worship the the Thursday that this all really got kind of bad. I think it was the night of the OKC Thunder game, maybe. Maybe that was the night after. Yeah. But we went ahead and had our night of worship. And so I was able to use a few uh, sections of that. And those are full multicam edits. I mean, very produced. And we have tons of that stuff to be able to use. And that's worked okay, you know, so far. And it saved us from having to do that part of the service, building it wise. Uh, our our pastor comes in and preaches. Um, we have a, this was his very first Sunday at our church this Sunday. So we tried to add a little specialness to that, celebrating him a little bit with some goofy stuff, giving our people a chance to celebrate him. And also the first week, it was very much like the Ryland show because I was like trying to do it all just to get it done. And this week, we were able to incorporate all of our different ministers, whether they were doing um, a kid's message. Like, you think about the old school time when the kids would come front to the steps and sit there with the pastor. Like, we had our children's director and our youth director do a little special thing before the sermon. And we had our admin guy do a special thing about the offering time, trying to build things like, okay, usually we pass the plates, right? So it gives people a chance to actually physically give. And we realized after the first week, we said like, hey, here's how you give online. But we don't want to take them away from the stream to give. Right. So 
This time we, we had the kids message right after we talked about the offering. And we said, parents, we're going to have a special time for the kids. If you have another device in the house, this would be the perfect time during the kids message to hop over and give. So trying to give space for that as well, which, you know, you don't think about that when you're doing it in the live service. So random stuff like that. And I think it's good too that, you know, we've also done the pre-recorded and, and, and we haven't shied away from that. And, and understand this too, up until a few weeks ago, we haven't done any live streaming. We would post the sermon after the fact later in the week uh, on YouTube, but that was it. And so any kind of live streaming, any kind of showing our service on any kind of social media, all that is new. And we didn't hide the fact that it was pre-recorded. Even like when we had someone doing the the welcome and the announcements, I edited it like a YouTube video with lots of jump cuts and taking out the ums and just keeping that pacing really, really strong, which is obvious. It's obvious that it's not live, but I think the value and the gold comes from the fact that there's a comment section and everyone's live there. We make sure that our staff is in there and, you know, saying hi. And, you know, and we even had this, this happened this morning and then even last week where one or two people would jump in and say, hey, I'm new. It was so cool to see our church jump in there and say, you know, I'll, I'll say her name is Linda. And everyone's like, hey, Linda, it's so good. To, you know, we're so glad you're here. Linda, welcome. And, and to see all these different people, you know, putting down hearts and, you know, calling out her name. And uh, and we actually got a message later on. This is why I'm not using her real name. We got a message from Linda afterwards that reached out to someone that's on our staff that uh, it's just, you know, her daughter is friends with a daughter that their family goes to our church and there was some real legitimate prayer requests and things that she was concerned about, but watching the sermon gave her, gave her hope and she was encouraged. And it's like, there's a ministry outreach that happened right there that maybe wouldn't have happened um, any other way. Yeah. That's something we had to learn as well was as far as connecting with first time visitors, you know, the first week we really didn't have a way besides saying, Hey, send us a message, send us an email. So we, you know, set up a digital connect card this week that as soon as they were talking about it in the video, we dropped it in the comments for people, hopefully to uh, go on and, and fill out a digital connect card. What are you guys doing for like the preaching segment of it? Cause, that, cause let me back up a second. And what, and what I've noticed as well, holistically is that, even a lot of these larger churches that are used to live streaming with multicam setups and all these different things, it's it's one thing to get a camera feed of a live event that's happening. Like, you know, you have like the Oscars or something at that level. It's a live event that you get to be a fly on the wall and they try to make you be as close to the action as possible. But the live part of it is first. And same thing with, you know, in the room. You've got a stage of people that are all facing a certain direction. You have a pastor that is pacing up and down a stage. And so you shoot that differently. And we've thrown all that out. We have our band. We'll get together on Wednesday nights and we'll we'll actually record the worship side of it. But we're all in the round. We're all on the stage and we're all in a circle and with these different camera angles. And then our pastor, he's been preaching out of his home. The first week we did it was because he was quarantined. He came back from a foreign country and he's like, I probably need to stay in my house for 14 days. And so he couldn't go anywhere. And we just set him up with his phone and he used that. And there was just something special about him sitting down at a table in his home with pictures of his family in the background. There's just something comforting about that. So, you know, for this weekend, 
we did the same thing. Even though we could have brought him up to the church, I'm seeing a lot more people rethink how they're doing this and even just the feel of it. It's a little bit more um, intimate. It's a little bit more like you can you can touch it and feel it versus being a fly on the wall of this really large event. So how are you guys, like when it comes to the preaching time of your services, what are you discovering that works for your church? What, I, what I'm convinced of, for at least for our people, is that what they want from us is not so much slick production as they just want authenticity. And so we want it to look good um, and we want it to sound good and all those kind of things. But but really what we're after is we're wanting people to know that this is heartfelt and not some staged thing. And so our pastor is very intuitive and he thrives off of people. He's good in front of a camera. He really is. He's smooth, but he's best when he's interacting with others. And so what we, at our request, what we have set up for him is we've, we're calling it a studio audience. And so, um, you know, we have limits in our area where you, um, if you're going to set up a live stream, you can still do it. Um, that's something that you can do, but you can't have more than 10 people. And so we have the guy running the camera and the audio and we have the pastor and his wife. So that leaves us seven more people to fill in. And so we've filled in with staff members. We've filled in with uh, some church members who asked somebody emailed in and said, Hey, I don't know if you're doing this or not, but if you're going to do a studio audience, can we please come? And so they've come. And so we've, we're filling the room for him and he's preaching to the people that are there and he'll look at the camera, you know, he'll, he'll look dead into the, eye of the camera. So he's looking at the screen, but he's really preaching to the people in the room. And I think that helps him. He feeds off of that energy and helps him, you know, when his joke is funny and he hears people laugh, you know, that kind of keeps him going kind of thing. And so that, I think that's been a really good thing. We were talking today we think we're going to change the the venue. Um, we still will probably have a studio audience, but people are, People are going to get sick. It was novel the first couple of weeks, but it's getting ready to people are going to get sick of it. And so we've got to change. So it's not that the venue was bad. You're just saying it's time to change it. It's time to be different. Give them something else to look at. And one of the things our pastor is going to do is he's going to get a couple of us to to preach coming up. So he won't be the only one preaching just to kind of keep it fresh. And we don't know what's going to work, but they, they're in our community, they're telling us eight weeks and we've just finished two of them. So we have six more Sundays to go that we can't just do the exact same thing every single week and hope people will be connected in. We, we really got to bring some variation. I mean, this week we did the Lord's Supper and baptism. So <laughs> that there's some variation there. We won't do that every week. Well, for us, it was a unique Sunday as it was our new pastor's first Sunday. And um, what an interesting thing, by the way, that like in the midst of all this craziness, I have a friend of mine here in the Oklahoma City area that is starting at his church as a worship pastor next Sunday. Shout out to Cody Dunbar. Yes. And uh, who's actually who's actually taking my old job at a church uh, in the West Oklahoma City area. And so, you know, that's all full circle. But yeah, I mean, what an interesting time to take over the reins of something when you can't even meet with the people in person. Yeah, it's been a very unique situation. He's done a great job of just trying to interact with people online as much as he can and build community. And we've actually made personal phone calls to every church member that's been active in the last three months as ministers just to check in on them and add a personal touch. But as far as him preaching his sermon, uh, yeah, we changed the stage up. We brought in things to the the middle that made a better background for just for him preaching. Um, brought a TV over behind him so we could have the notes on 
on camera as well, which we, we'd never done that because that's not the way our stage is set up. So we still multicammed everything and to keep things different, we want it to be super authentic. And so, and, and feeling like it's personal. So, you know, he's sitting at a, on a stool, you know, at a table instead of walking around preaching that kind of thing, but we still want it to be really excellent. Well done. I think our churches are going to give us a lot of grace during this time. I mean, there is a lot of novelty to this. So, you know, I think they're okay. I, we used to always, after the music was done with the live stream, there'd be 40 people watching. And as soon as the music was done, it was down to six, seven, you know, and this week, uh, I mean, people stayed the entire, to the last second, you know, we had over a hundred people watching or so, and that's really good for our church. And then we had multiple people on YouTube as well, but, uh, I think they're going to give us a lot of grace, but it, we've talked a lot about how we're not limited to a stage. Now, if next week he has a sermon where we want to shoot the thing in multiple locations, and have it where it, it ties in with a different thing that he's talking about. We can do that, which we've never been able to do before. So we need to take advantage of, of what we can. So we had a, our, our pastor had a sermon illustration where he was talking about just focusing on, on one thing. And the example that he used was portrait mode on your iPhone, how when you use portrait mode, it will make the other things in the background blurry. So you just focus on it. And he didn't know I was going to do this. He was just explaining how it would work. And he's being, he's, you know, he's pretty funny. And, you know, he's talking about, you know, this, this big, you know, the only thing you're going to focus on is this big, beautiful face and all that. Well, I was able to go in pretty easily and use like a focus filter where it actually blurred out the background. And it was it was pretty rough. And I didn't, you know, spend a lot of time with masking it and making it look awesome. I just wanted to get the point across. But the idea was it was it furthered the sermon illustration because you could see in a subtle way what he was talking about. And you couldn't do that live. Right. What are some mistakes that you guys have made that you've learned from going forward? Well, we we don't normally do live stream record. Our our live stream normally is is to Facebook and it's it gets the music but it's not multi-track or anything. We just use a microphone and the camera cuz we don't have another person that can mix it and all the things that go into that. Um so what we did early on is um, when we found this was coming down, we got together and we recorded 10 songs. And then a week later, we re-recorded 10 more. So we have 20 in the can that we can use or not use. But the, uh, the first thing we did was we, I got back to my house after we recorded the first 10 and I started trying to get the tracks uploaded to Dropbox for the guy that was going to mix them. And I realized that we didn't have one of the vocalists recorded we miss a vocalist, not just a background vocalist. She does sing background vocals, but she also sang lead and a bunch of stuff and we just didn't get it. And so we had to figure out what in the world we were going to do. We had the guy mix like a, like a quick mix real quick, send it back to us. And we had her go back and re-record everything and we matched it to the video. And it turned out awesome because of the angle we're choosing to use. Um, but I guess the, f also in all of those recordings, there's no, uh, there's no rack Tom that didn't get recorded either. And so I guess one lesson we learned is make sure stuff's armed <laughs> and make sure, uh, make sure you check it a couple of times as you go. Don't blow it, man. You get one shot, especially if the government's shutting your city down, you get like one shot, make sure that you nail it. <laughs> yeah. I would say one of the mistakes we've made really has been trying to figure out how we're going to do response time at the end of our service. 
How are we going to offer an invitation digitally? We're not like a, a raise your hand and say the prayer um, kind of thing like Life Church does. That's not our typical thing. Um, so that's been kind of a, an odd moment, I feel like. You know, I'm trying to wrap up the, the service at the end and I'm kind of guiding people through how they can respond. So we're, we're still trying to figure that out and that'll be up to our new pastor. And then also, I love what you said earlier, Brett, about kind of offering that digital um, lobby hangout time at the beginning of the service, because we have ours mapped where it's just going to launch right into the service into our like big intro video. And I've learned that even though there's a countdown on Facebook to the premiere, and even though there's a, there's a two minute built in countdown on YouTube's premiere, I really need to add some more time there for people because they want to say hi to each other and they're trying to cast it up to their TVs and get it all hooked up and all that stuff. So we're probably, what we did this last week was we said, you know, take a picture of your family watching. Uh, and so we're going to take all those pictures and the little video clips that we got and make a little one to two minute countdown. Oh, that's such a good idea. With peoples from last week. Consider that stolen, Ryland. We do, we do 15 minutes and we use that to give instructions. Like um, we're asking them to go to, we'll put up a slide that says, go make sure that you go to this website and download the kids coloring sheet. And then um, don't forget, we're doing the Lord's Supper. Make sure that you have your elements, um, you know, and just kind of reminding them. We, we really, we made a video two weeks ago, encouraging our people to be participants, not observers. And so just reminders of that kind of thing of, you know, close out of your other windows, you know, people have 30 tabs open on their browser, close those down, put your phone on silent or whatever you got to do. We use the, we use that time as for they, they can do the virtual lobby, but we can also use it as a time to get them prepped and ready to go. We even put some prayer, prayer points up on there too. Cool. That's cool. I learned how important lighting is. And when you think about, I mean, I've, I've known that I, you know, I make YouTube videos, but when you have a venue that you're trying to shoot in where you normally have a stage and all your front light comes from one part of the room, it all comes, you know, it hits, you know, the, the downstage part of your stage and you might have some, you know, some backlighting or whatever, but to be able to, especially if you're shooting it in the round, you got to have, you have to have more of like a TV lighting setup. And so in a lot of our stuff, it looks really public access to me. And like someone might be lit really, really well. And then someone else is not lit at all. And then someone else is getting all the blue that's coming off the background and, and just trying to make that all decent. And so we've kind of, you know, and we're using camera phones We're everything we're doing is um, I've commandeered all of my kids iPhones yes. and we use that and a GoPro. And the part of the reason I use all my kids iPhones, one, I pay for them two is that all of those phones come home with me and then I can download all the footage, you know, as opposed to like getting it from someone else and all that. So I can just you know, they have to turn on their phones at nine o'clock at night anyway on my dresser. And so I can go get them and get the footage off of it. Yeah. But we thought, you know, we have access to one or two other nicer cameras, but to get a consistent look, it was just easier. To, we're going to use camera phones. They're all pretty much the same phone. Use a GoPro for behind the drums and then use some things to kind of fake a little bit of that bokeh that you get from a, a nice DSLR camera or something like that, just to kind of you know, add a little bit of interest and not so much, you know, just kind of this bland 
public access looking kind of a thing, but just really pouring into making sure that lighting is good. And then just other things that we've learned. The first message that we did with our pastor, he uh, I told him, get in front of a window, and he did. Uh, but he shot it at about five o'clock at night. And so the sunlight started kind of creeping across his shirt as he was preaching. And he's a pro because he was he saw this and he just didn't make any mention of it. And every now and then he'd scoot over in the most non-noticeable way. And everyone, I mean, you know it's there, but it's, you know what I discovered was it didn't cover his eyes, so it made it... You know, as long as I can engage with his eyes, I could still engage with it. And Ryland, I think, like you said, our people are giving us a lot of grace. And as long as next week's looks better than last week's, I think you win. Yeah, I got a lot of comments from people uh, that personally either commented on on my my share or messaged me and said, we really appreciate all the work that you put in to make this as excellent as it is. You know, so I think that even us just doing what we can to make it a little more engaging, a little less boring, just sitting there watching. I, I don't know. I think they appreciate that, and it, it means a lot. And I think it means, obviously, more, the personal touches that we add to it to build the community. But, you know, it doesn't have to be all the bells and whistles. Like you said, get a few phones and make it the best you can. We got Easter coming up, and Easter is obviously going to look radically different. I've even I had a conversation uh, with my dad like a week or so ago, and the question he asked was, are they going to postpone Easter? What are your thoughts as far as like, this is normally what the church would consider the Super Bowl of Sundays. How are you going forward with producing an Easter service? Or are you, or what is that going to look like in your church? We are, it's in, it's in discussion. Um, but I, Dave, you and I talked about a little bit uh, beforehand that, that what makes it a Super Bowl, I think, is that's when people come to church who don't normally come to church because you got to go to church on Easter. But what may have happened is because of our circumstances, people have come to church. They've come to live streams um, from their from their homes already. That's already happened. And I don't know. I, I don't know if people are going to come more so on Easter. I just don't know. <laughs> who knows? Um, but maybe it's not about production. I, I don't know. We're, we're discussing it and there's, there's some document, Google doc floating around. I'm not exactly sure where it came from that has some ideas on it. Most of those ideas are things you can go and do. Um, uh, but the, the order that we have from our community is don't go anywhere unless it's essential business. Well, going and taking Easter eggs to your neighbor's house or something and knocking on their door, that's not essential business. And so so we're trying to kind of sort through those. We don't want to invite our people to disobey the the county or the city. We don't want that to happen. But we're trying to discuss and and kind of where the conversation landed today. And we don't really know what this means. Is but maybe maybe what's going to be good for Easter for us is going to be something we can tell our people to do rather than something we produce for them. Maybe maybe there's some action or some activity or some thing they do that they produce and it's not some slick production or some cool thing that we come up with. Um, but we're still trying to discuss what that means. And that's a whole lot harder when you're not together to collaborate. Yeah. We've had a couple conversations about Easter. Uh, we've talked about just postponing it and whatever Sunday we get to come back eventually making that Easter Sunday weekend, just, 
I mean, Easter changes every year anyways, right? right. Unless this goes into like June, which it very well may, um, <laughs> you know, but we'll do something special for Easter. I saw somebody on one of the groups talking about how they're going to encourage their people to share their story for Easter, like give some kind of program campaign type thing. Like here's my story and allow people just to record them and, and tag the church or something to where they're, they're sharing their testimony. I thought that was a cool idea, mobilizing your people to to share the gospel instead of it all coming from the church. We also do like a Good Friday thing, and that's obviously not going to happen. So somehow giving our people something they can walk through with their families to do in their homes uh, to observe and and celebrate, we'll do something. But man, nothing has been finalized at all. Yeah, I think that, you know, again, it's just like when you look at the service, I think that as we approach these online services, you have to throw almost everything off to the side and say, okay, what we normally do in a live room, in a live setting, a lot of that may not carry over. We need to we need to rethink everything. And some things might stay and some things might look different. Some things might be completely pushed off to the side. I think Easter is the same way. I think that, you know, what Brett was alluding to earlier, that Easter is the time that we have people's attention. You know, there are people that might feel obligated to come to church on Easter, and we have the most people there, so we're going to try to do something that really tells a story, maybe is impressive, if I can use that in a positive way, you know, impress people and really get their attention. But it's a moment that we have people's attention, and that's why it's the Super Bowl of Sundays. Right now, man, I think we have people's attention every single week. I think that there are people on Facebook right now that can't go four posts without seeing a church service that are scared right now and anxious right now and fearful right now. And we're starting to get to a point where you're starting to know people that have the virus. And it's like, okay, it's not just this thing that's in China anymore. It's not just this thing that's in the state anymore. I know Bob and Bob might have it. Um, or might be showing the symptoms of it. And so I think that we're, we got the people's attention now. And I do think we'll have some big celebration uh, on its own that when we, when we finally get to meet together in person, I think that's going to be a big deal. But I think that'll be separate to what Easter is. I think Easter, we just, we just do what we do. We celebrate the fact that, gosh, you know, this is the reason that we have the hope that we do. Man, just thinking about the first Sunday back, whenever that may be, I'm fired up about that. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of tears. I think the people are going to sing loud. We probably won't get them to stop talking to each other. It's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to that day. I just hope there's still not this fear that that carries over where people are like, you know what? Let's give it in a few more weeks of not being, you know, out in, in public. So, but I'll be there. Uh, did you see the Chris Farley meme of him running down the aisles at SNL, like doing cartwheels? Like that'll be all be us, right? My senior pastor has, has already said that that's what I'm going to do. And I said, the band's going to be ready. <laughs> if you can get Mike Keybone to do a cartwheel, I will pay you $20. He's already thinking about it. He is already <laughs> thinking about that. So what's one thing you think you're going to carry over and continue to do that you started doing because of all this when all this is behind us? Leveraging social media because that's where the people are. Uh, we we do a decent job on social media. Our I, I have to get a shout out. I'm actually texting him right now. Our media pastor Chris Chalman. He should be the one who's on this podcast because you're. I was afraid you're going to ask a lot of questions. I don't know the answer to, but uh, he. 
he already, and he's texting me right now. He's just said, I just, I'm just making it up as I go. He says, we all are tell them we all are. <laughs> but, uh, the thing is we do a decent job already, but we're seeing how much more and people are telling us how meaningful it is to see our faces on the screen, telling them it's going to be okay. You know, I think that's something that we could easily simply pull forward in, into the, the coming times. I, and, and I think, I think what this has done also is it, it has showed us what it means to be urgent. Like right now, everything that we're doing, we're, we're calling through our roster. We're, we've divided up our roster among staff members and elders and we're, we're calling through and, and we're doing a bunch of things like that because this is urgent. This, this time people, people need hope and people need to know that they're cared for, but why is it not urgent other times? Why is it only urgent when there's a worldwide pandemic um, that's threatening our very livelihood? So I think I think that being present online, but also uh, zooming out a a sense of urgency with the gospel and with uh, a sense of urgency with caring for our people that that wasn't there before. Um, they they need to be cared for in the same way going forward. Um, it, it feels less urgent, but the reality is it just isn't. And so I don't know. That's that's what my head is circling around. For us, I hope that, you know, that thing you see where now we're going to find out how many of those meetings really could have been emails. I hope that that continues going forward. <laughs> you know, let's just do staff over Zoom every week and I'll stay home. No. <laughs> or just you only get dressed from the belt up. Our announcements, our our admin guy actually did his whole deal this week with a, like a, a dress shirt and gym shorts because he just had knee surgery. It was amazing. But Going forward, I just hope we continue to, we've had a, a strong online presence and we've put a lot of work into that. But a, a lot of times I feel like it's just me that's the one keeping it afloat. And now a lot of our staff has really gotten more involved in uh, doing more active things that involve community. And I hope that that's something that goes forward is you know our children's ministry putting out things for families to do together virtually online you know throughout the week or different things like that that I think are, are healthy things. So here's a few things I think we can take away from this conversation. One is that creating a worship service online is different than creating a service that is supposed to be experienced live in a room together. How we engage in worship through music is going to look different. How our pastors preach the word is going to look different. Shorter seems to work better and smaller, more intimate and more tangible moments seem to translate better online. Instead of engaging a group of people meeting together in a large room, you have the benefit of speaking directly to each person individually, but they're also on the other side of the lens of a camera, and so that takes a bit of time to get used to. We've got to work towards maintaining community because that's what we lose when we don't meet in person all the time. And you can do that by being intentional with engaging with everyone in the comment section of your service videos on Facebook and other platforms and, and then encouraging other people to do the same. You should also be getting your staff 
and your pastors in front of your people. They need to see you, not only during the online service, but also throughout the week on social media. If you want to see examples of what my church and what their churches are doing, I'll put the links to all the social media accounts that you can follow in the show notes. That plus the Dylan Chase videos that I mentioned at the top of the show can be found by going to practicalworshipblog.com slash podcast 25. If this episode has been helpful for you and your ministry, consider sending a link to someone else that you know, or you could also screenshot your phone right now and then post that to social media. And if you do that, tag me in it by using at Dave Dolphin. Okay. I'd love to see it. We also appreciate everyone that has left an honest five-star rating on iTunes and the Apple podcast app. It really does help. This has been the Practical Worship Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dave Dolphin, and let's do this again next month. You should probably go wash your hands right now.